behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. I'm still your illustrious host, Nicole Briggs, recording out of LA. And we have a little bit of a treat today uh, by Coastal Interview. There's been a lot of talk around Black business lately, buy Black, support Black, Blackout Tuesday, the 15% pledge. And so um, are you really about that buy Black, support Black life? I mean, the gestures are cool, the murals are cool, all of that fun, cute stuff. But what we really need is uh, financial support and stability. And um, we have someone that's doing just that. So welcome, Terrence Lowe, to You Have to Wear Something. Nikki, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's, uh, it's good to be heard. Yeah, and he gets to call me Nikki, um, audience, because oh, um, that's like... <laughs> That's like Bam Bam right there. Is that not a thing? Okay. All no, right. you could call me Nikki. <laughs> that's special yeah. privilege. If you hear huh? Nikki on this show, that's like, that's like family. So, you know, y'all can call me Nikki, but he can call me Nikki. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to the show. Um, I'm so excited. Terrence has launched his wine. It is a Black-owned private wine label. It's Michael Lavelle Wine. And I'm going to just go ahead and plug right now. The website is sipmichaellavelle.com. If y'all can say Dostoevsky, y'all can say Lavelle. Okay. <laughs> so get it together. Um, and I want to hear all about this journey. Now, I'm, I'm going to keep it super real. Usually when people say, I have a black business, I have a black business. It's something regarding like hair, barbershop, or like a t-shirt biz. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not, not to... Uh, you know, overlook the necessities of those things, but no. our, our, um, the experience of Black people is wide and nuanced and complex, and we are into all types of industries, and we utilize all types of industries that don't necessarily um, speak back to us. So, um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take the take the reins. I'm not even sure if you were passing the objects. Yeah, now, no, but, no, no. We're just having um, like a conversation. Like yeah. what, what he's saying. Like for instance, I'll use myself as an example. I yes. was working in the restaurant business, mm -hmm. and I noticed that it, it is always a hierarchy with industries in America. All of the busboys and the dishwashers were Mexican and undocumented mm -hmm. workers. Mm -hmm. um, the servers, there's a lot more diversity. Uh, the hostesses were always pretty black women or mm -hmm. just pretty women in general, you know, mm -hmm. pigs or whatever, very like Eurocentric features. And then um, as you go up, you know, to management and owners, usually at the top is most likely going to be a man, is most likely going to be a non-black man. And mm -hmm. so, we're, we're still spending the dollars though, right? 100%. So 100%. we're buying wine, we're buying diamonds for our wives. We're, we're you know, we're, we're buying everything that white people are buying, but we're not the owners. We're dribbling yeah. the basketball, we're not owning the teams. Yeah. You know, so um, all of so, that just, we're just, it's just like, it's time. Yes, and, and, and it's access. And it is, it is knowledge, right? So for comparison, think about the wine industry. There is 11,000 wineries in the US. 
uh, only a hundred of them are black owned. Uh, and then in that hundred or so is a mixture of private labels that don't necessarily uh, own wineries, but partner with uh, wineries be here in the US or globally uh, to deliver a brand. Um, and, and to your same point, right? African-Americans have, in the U.S. specifically, have a $1.45 trillion buying power, right? And, and, and we utilize services that aren't necessarily owned by us. In this instance, uh, the wine business has traditionally ignored uh, Black people. They're very old-fashioned in their approach to, to consumer marketing. When you think about um, in comparison to the spirits or the vodkas or tequila. Hennessy is the number one selling cognac in the world. Hennessy also has a, uh, a, a diversity marketing chief, right? Chief diversity marketing officer. Hennessy also has roots in the black community and understands who their number one consumer, one, one of their number one consumers uh, is. And they don't ignore that, but there's also marketing that speaks to black folk uh, in that way. And that's one of the, the the pillars that Michael LaBelle rests on is being able to um, create imagery uh, and marketing that speaks to real drinkers of wine um, that relates to our culture as African-Americans, uh, but also educate on wine. Uh, because you, you'll find that a lot of, um, a lot of us, when we, when we choose wine, we really don't know how to go about it, right? We might choose a pretty bottle. We might choose a sweet flavor, um, but, steer away from reds of white that are a little bit drier in taste and what i really want for this label in particular to do is educate on pairings of wines and the regions in which wines come from um, from all over the world and, and and give us that same opportunity to enjoy this 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 beautiful world in, in, in libation now i meant to say earlier when you caught me nikki is that <laughs> That is also my Chicago pseudo name. So okay. Terrence was in Chicago, where I'm mm -hmm. from, where my family is. He deals with Briggs all day, so he is a very <laughs> resilient person if he's dealing with people with the last name Briggs. Okay. And we appreciate yeah. your service, Terrence. Yeah. I love this all y'all. Okay. I, I come from uh, I come from a, a, a family that requires resilience too, so I fit right in. Excellent. Two resilient, wonderful, beautiful <laughs> Black families. Um, right. I just have to say, too, that Terrence's wedding last year is one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever Thank you. been to with so many melanated, gorgeous faces in the Civic Opera House in Chicago. I know I'm totally, like, digressing, but we're going to no, come full circle. I just want y'all to let y'all know that this, um, this is a, just an amazing addition to the family and this is um you know i'm happy to have him as a as a, a cousin in law and um i'm excited for what you're already doing so um of course i want to talk a little bit too about just wine spirits liquor because historically this is an old world practice oh yeah would you agree and uh, yes you really get into it when you start going to tastings and you start having the wine you know on the restaurant sides on the back end we're tasting wines and all the time mm -hmm. spirits and wines all the time and i there's never even a black rep for <laughs> wine let yeah. alone 
the owner and let alone the producer or, or the owner of the winery. So from top down, there is obviously a diversity and inclusion issue. Mm-hmm. And with that said too, another thing that annoys me about it is um, there's a lot of ego and swagger that comes with it. Where there's a lot of ego and swagger in white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, white men enjoy being the experts on things, mm-hmm. right? They love to be the know-it-all. They love to be the one that says, this has taste. This is a great product. This is not. They they make a lot of those decisions for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just would love for us to be part of the conversation because when it's hard this time, and I've watched a bunch of, you know, watch some documentaries on Netflix about the champagne harvest and champagne in France and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of those vines are 100 years old. We... we we're probably not in a place to even get the vines, right? Because we are like talk about slaves, it. <laughs> or we're, you know, uh, what was the other version of slavery? Um, when we were free, we weren't really free. Oh, sharecropping. Uh-huh. You know, we we all around the world, the, the darkest people are the most marginalized. So what they do for the harvest in France is they bring in African immigrants. Mm-hmm. to to do the harvest, do the hard labor of, of picking the grapes. And then we're out of the conversation all over again until it's time to go to, you know, Momotaro and order a, a beautiful uh, bottle of wine. So there's all this, there's this huge gap. Um, and you're, you know, I love when Tyler Perry says, well, you know, stop begging for a seat at the table, you know, build your uh-huh. own table. I feel Absolutely. like that's what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, long gone are the days of just being ignored or dismissed or patronized. Um, Black voices are a very real and powerful thing. And smart retailers uh, are paying attention, right? So they are either trying to incubate and foster relationships with the likes of myself, the likes of yourself, right? When you go out and you carve a seat for yourself and wait for permission, um, they, they want to uh, associate themselves with that because it is they can't silence you right you you're not invisible you have a platform and and that's kind of the the, the same footing that my business partners and I kind of stand on where we would host dinner parties uh, or introduce each other to new wines and we this might be the wine that we're, we're trying out for the week um, and then we would share it with our friends and get everybody else involved with it and one day we we just you know ask like what how how ambitious would it be of us to start our own private label, right? Um, two of us just in two of the three of the business partners just enjoy wine. Do you I uh, mean, do you want to say something about them, like say what their names are, or their people? Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Go ahead so, and with the plug, plug your friends, plug your friends. <laughs> so so uh, the first business partner uh, is is Aaron Michael. His, uh, his, I mean, he and I met in Howard years ago, and, and pretty much any time do a business endeavor, um, Aaron is. I mean, he uh, graduated the same time Howard with me. Went on to get his master's uh, from Parsons uh, Design School in New York, um, and has since then started a few labels and brands of his own uh, that he manages. And then uh, my other business partner is an actual sommelier. Uh, so he, his name is Devin Kennedy. He is an awarded mixologist, um, has been awarded here in the U.S. and in France for 
um, curating um, unique drinks and beverages. Uh, and right now has a residency on a very, it's the name is going to miss me, but very popular um, bar in Martha's Vineyard. Um, and so oh, that wow. is how so Is he's... this a black sommelier? Yes, yes, 100%. It's 100% black owned. Okay, that's amazing. I just wanted to make sure. See, back in the day, I'm not going to reveal my age, but I'm aging very gracefully. <laughs> um, there were in Chicago definitely no black sommeliers. And then it was a huge deal. Um, when Check Please was uh, reviewing all these restaurants and I'm trying to sing. She was like one mm -hmm. of the few females. I mean, you could count on one hand, like oh, yeah. the female sommeliers, right? And so yeah. it's a very difficult test. Um, most people fail. You have to be really committed to it. And mm -hmm. it, it is just such a nuanced test, right? It's just, it's based on like flavor, tasting. You, I mean, you have to have a hell of a nose. Yep. Um, and so, you know, again, this is something that we, we're not completely uh, integrated into that space either. Mm -hmm. So go mm -hmm. Devin, I, I applaud you. I'm not gonna applaud too loud. I'm gonna keep the sound right, but um, that's amazing. So I, I love that the three of you have different things that you bring to the table for oh, yeah. uh, Michael Lavelle, right? Yeah, yeah, we all come with different expertise and knowledge uh, that allowed us to, to just bring this cohesive brand uh, together. And if you actually talk to Devin, uh, he, he, he wanted to walk away from the wine industry because it is so, uh, let's just be honest, it is so whitewashed. There is a lot of hostility, whether it's unconscious or overt racism in uh, you are trying to assert yourself as a black man in this this monolith, basically, this just gigantic industry. And so years ago, before we even brought this idea to this table, uh, he kind of parted ways to it. And so we really had to have an honest conversation about us doing something for us, right? And and really making a an impact on the market uh, and addressing a void that, um, that just so desperately needs to be filled. And so I'm so happy to have Devin uh, just on the team and committed to, to this journey with us. But yeah, it's a rare sight to, to meet Black Somalias. Truly rare. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't in love with the entire plot of it, but you know, audience, if you haven't seen Uncorked on Netflix, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it was a very simple plot, but the point mm. is that it was being made and it's a black story that's not normally told. And there is Correct. like friction within black families, right? Like black elders and like, I was raised by boomers. I was mm -hmm. an artist, mm -hmm. I was creative. You know, they don't want you to take that risk. It's already a risk being black in America. Correct. It's already a risk if you don't come from a lot of generational wealth mm -hmm. in a capitalist country. So you got you have many, many doors already closed in your face upon birth. And yeah. so, you know, I think that in a loving way, our, our elders, you know, a lot of them, and you're a lot younger than me, but back then it was like kind of get a real job if you were a creative. It's, 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 it's the same way now, though. Right, well, where our elders open up doors for us, and this is what works. This is what they know to work. And so, when you start talking about, "Hey, I want to go do anything in this creative lane," uh, I think you should be a doctor, right? I, I think you should be a lawyer. I think you should go get you a good job down at the union, whatever that's going to be, because that's what they know to be true. And you kind of, 
what you said actually resonates a little deeper. It's already risky being black. So why would you want to risk it on anything else that is potentially uncertain and not going to guarantee you success? But as creatives, we say that's what makes it, one, I'm living in my truth, but my success is an added benefit to living in my truth. And it will be that much better for me and those around me for this to come to life so yeah that's that's real it's super real because i think that also previous generations don't know what to do with a child that may have like a very niche interest and Mm -hmm. niche gifts and talents Mm -hmm. and um you know while we're bearing a lot of pain just on our Mm -hmm. day-to-day experience we're also bearing our truth we're dying with our song inside of us all the time because of the fear because of lack of maybe community support of of taking a risk it is is a risk to try to have your own black bank and enter the, the financial sector they were showing every president of every single bank uh and it's literally all men and all like pretty much white men mm-hmm. and so we're still we're getting mortgages just like everybody else we're getting credit cards just like everybody else yeah and so it's just so many ceilings and you and like you said he almost wanted to quit it, it wears on you it wears it on you but it is the courage of you guys and those that make different decisions who who, who have you know paved the way for mm-hmm. the next one behind them so that's all progressive that's all progress um so specifically i'd love so i know you started out with the rose i'd love to know the process of you know why there's so many wines mm. to decide to produce mm-hmm. why a, a rose being the first uh so this is audience <laughs> this is me talking <laughs> to, to nikki like family and and just keeping it real um keep it real so number one consumer uh my it's, it's, it all boils down to demographic to be completely honest right who is my demographic uh, my demographic is 100 percent multicultural women by by no stretch of the imagination in doing research on the palettes that are most received uh knowing that we wanted to launch in the summertime knowing that we wanted something that was uh fresh and exciting and you're, you're kind of thinking people we couldn't really predict COVID but we knew that we wanted to to offer something that would seem like an escape that's part of our branding right if you've ever seen me you know tweet about it or post about it I want Michael Lavelle the Irish Rosé to taste like your favorite summer past present and to come and so whether you're actually out on a beach or on, you know, in Italy, on the coast of South Africa or in your backyard, right? I want you to um, taste the, the sweetness in every sip. So started off with a rosé um, just through tons and tons of research and timeliness, you know, wanted to make sure that we were well received and, and the, the, the timing was spot on. Okay, and then it's produced in, in Napa, Correct. right? Correct. So it is produced in Napa. Um, we <laughs> we must have visited around thirty to forty different wineries before we 
uh, settled on, uh, well, one, not even settled on, found a business partner. That, Listen to that, kids. That's that work. Yeah. That's, there's no overnight, every overnight success put like 10 to 15 years oh, into it. So 30 to 40 wineries. 30 to 40 wineries. So, you, so if, if you want me to go into it, the process, private labeling isn't new. And there's tiers to private labeling. Uh, so the 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 first tier is you walk into a, a chain restaurant, chain theater, and you ask for the house wine. That is most likely that chain's private wine, private red, private white, private whatever you want to call it. They have teamed up with a winery of their choice and were able to either um, take production, just treat it like a manufacturer and label it as their own. Or the next tier, uh, which is what we're doing, is we want to own the properties of this wine. We want you to grow up a fresh harvest for us uh, so that we're able to move forward with this. Uh, and so we're in both phases, right? We have the Rosé, which is a vintage 2018. And we're also looking, uh, we're also having them harvest for us for a future rollout. Uh, we own um, the, the entire process and properties of the wine. Yes, ownership. Love that. My favorite yeah. word. That and no. Like I like to say no a lot. But I want to <laughs> um, so I love rose. You're right. Pretty much every woman is rose all day. Yeah. Um LA, I mean we're in wine country, right? Yeah. So it is warm all the time. It's the right climate for um, you know, growing the grapes and all that. Yeah. Um and Napa Valley is just uh, historically known for that, famous for that. Usually, most of the wines, I think before the 60s, all came from, from France and other mm -hmm. places in mm -hmm. Europe. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, people sip rose all, all year long. long. All year long. You and know, that's... I mean, if we have like a phony winter, we don't have no Chicago winter. Yeah, right. Oh, no, it's no. like super fake here. So <laughs> kiss down say... to 50, we're like, oh, it's time for hot chocolate. Like, no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> No, it's uh, if you all, it's a cold day if it's what 65 there, 60 something, yeah, 65. Yeah. 60, we're like, oh, am I gonna turn on the heat or like we put on like a puffer vest? <laughs> it's not cold at all. all right, yeah. Um, so definitely the rose, mm -hmm. um, is something that can be year round in a lot of places. Um, and another thing too, when I when you're thinking about um, wholesaling and right. distributors and supply chain. Um, tell me about that because right now in this moment we have a lot of retailers mm -hmm. taking the 15% pledge um, when I was watching I didn't really watch it but I'm gonna be honest I was watching a little bit of the BET awards mm -hmm. and they every year they have like a gift box at June Ambrose I usually look at her uh, Instagram to see what was in the box yeah. and you know because it's not always all black products mm -hmm. and this year it was all black mm -hmm. and so they had uncle nearest i'm sure you know mm -hmm. the story of uncle nearest that's what i sent my brother earlier this year mm -hmm. um for his birthday in bay on cinco de mayo and you know black owned everything especially yeah. in this climate and um uncle nearest was in the box and i thought that was like that's that's yeah. cool you know that people are finally getting hip to it and learning the stories of 
the people who are nameless, the people who did all this work to probably bring a lot of these spirits and wines to production that we'll never know about the black people behind the labels. Uh, no one's, no one knows the names of those immigrants, you know, pulling those grapes, you know. So, um, yeah, I just I want to talk about like what is the vision, like ideally, what would you like to see happen with the wine with Michael Lavelle? Yeah. Um, what we're setting out to be is the household, uh, Michael Lavelle to be the household name of wine for uh, millennial generations uh, now and forward. Um, I would like to be the wine of choice for the next two, three, four, five, six. I, I would love for my children to be able to inherit this, this vision of being able to educate and deliver premium wines uh, and make it widely accept- accessible to our community. That is my vision. Um, ultimately, we will also be able to source from um, South Africa, from France, from New Zealand, uh, be able to offer varietals um, from black brands across the globe. That is the, the purest vision of it all. Um, what what I think something that you, you you said also sparked this this idea that I want for us as a people to change or alter our definition of what luxury is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, gift. You know, we are pre-programmed to like other people's version of luxury, right? It's it is it's not Gucci, Fendi, yes, right? Whatever whatever it is, and it's not to it is not to lessen. The, the, the history of those brands, right? Or the, the quality of those brands. It's that there are other entities that deliver quality uh, at that same level that you just don't know about, right? For in the, in the example of Uncle Nearest, him having the recipe, right? He is the reason that this large entity is around. So let's change our definition there. I see tons of people, um, you know, holding bottles of Clicquot and I have to ask, do you know that there are black owned wines, luxury black owned wines, not even bringing up Ace of Spades because that's that's the creme de la creme, right, of, of luxury champagne. But there are other black owned wines that have better properties than Clico. But Clico's brand is so massive. It is so attractive mm-hmm. and it is programmed as luxury um, in our heads. And so that's the other thing that I want to do. I want for some young woman, young man to say that Michael LaBelle helped them make more informed decisions on their wine and champagne choices. I would love to serve as a knowledge base, for sure. Now, there's a bunch of distributors in Chicago Mm -hmm. that also get your wine Mm -hmm. when they basically like they wrap your wine and they get in, into restaurants. Right. Do you just want to be in like liquor stores, grocery stores, uh, things like that, or do you want to be also in restaurants? I mean, there is obviously no wrong answer. Yeah. Your vision is your vision. I like um, I like novelty, Nikki. To be honest, I like the 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 intimacy of the brand and where it's at now. And I, I, I honestly, some, I mean, <laughs> if we've only been active for a month. 
and the people who have reached out to us, the brands and restaurants that have reached out to us, is mind blowing. Um, one, because it was something that's been sitting in our heads for about a year and some change now, right? And so to finally put it out and the response that it's getting is, is it's incredible. So can't I can't say the names now until it's inked, but you'll be the first person to know when it happens. But my focus is to be found uh, in certain spots in certain in particular cities. So if you could think right now of your favorite lounge, um, or, or club or wine spot in the city, um, I want it to be treated as a novelty. I don't necessarily like the, the, the idea of it being everywhere. That could probably change, you know, down the line. Right, right. When, LV, when LVMH approaches <laughs> you, you know, the, they want to buy the conversation it. Is always you know, and that's another thing. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing, too, I wanted to ask you is, you know, like Carol's daughter, mm-hmm. I mean, she literally started at fairs and she was just selling like, whatever like her moisturizer or edge cream or whatever yeah. like like at a like a street yeah. fair and then that grew into the huge thing that carol's daughter has become and then l'oreal mm-hmm. bought mm-hmm. it and the community was salty mm-hmm. about it they turned on mm-hmm. her and they were upset and calling her sellout same with bt but through that bt uh from him selling he became a billionaire yeah. You yeah. know, and so um, it's when yeah. we the bigger picture is financial security mm-hmm. and all of that. Would you sell your business? That's my baby now, so I can one hundred percent say no. I I, I can one hundred and, and confidently say no when you know that this has the potential to to change lives and to lose that creative control. You know, I don't know if it's it's worth it. Truthfully, you know, as 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 an, as an entrepreneur, now there might be a there's different entities. You know, there there's there are businesses that I have built with the intention to sell. 100% have set out and said, hey, this could I know this could be valuable to someone else, uh, more valuable to someone else who is unable to. Um, to put in the work, right? Or doesn't want to put in the work and would like you know, a, a well-oiled machine already in place. But this one, this is special. This is truly special. Um, I don't think that I, I don't think that I would. I don't. I feel that, I mean, you know, like a true capitalist would say, well, every company, the whole point of even starting them and building them is to sell them you know and it, it, it sometimes you get like that you're like oh but this is my baby and we start talking to investors or you, you go out for venture capital right. um they want you to have that detachment yeah. yeah they would want you to but the inception of michael lavelle wasn't to to sell right it was to right. deliver high quality wine without the boundaries, without the confusion, to be a bridge where you have people who don't understand wine, but want to. They don't want to deal with the, the complexities and the, the, the old version of wine, the snobbiness. We want to remove that. Here, this is a great choice. This meets your palate and your needs. If you have a lust for travel, life, and quality wine, this is a brand for you. 
and you can trust now it. Now I'm even more excited to get my box because I, you know, of course I, I bought uh-huh. a bottle. I only bought one bottle, but next time I'll probably buy two gotcha. bottles. I just wanted to make sure that I like it because everyone's palate is sure. different. But I'm sure I'll love it after talking to you now. I'm totally so <laughs> For sure. For sure. I mean, I just want to make it easy. That is that that is it. And so to say that just to go back to your original point just to say that you know you sell it it, it, it always reminds me of the uh i don't even know if it's true is that true about the victoria's secret guy and he sold the you know sold victoria's secret for like 31 million and then you know they it is what it is today and he like jumped off a bridge or something crazy like that like i don't i don't know if that's true right but i do know that he sold it and there are always infrastructures that could possibly take your brand way further than you could but what will they change will they cheapen the quality you know will they will they change the direction um of your imagery of the stories that you're trying to sell if you go to shutterstock right now and you look up a video just try to find some some content for your page and look for uh black women or african women drinking wine there is two pages right and the same video chopped up 10 different ways of the same woman drinking wine versus you looking for a, let's say a white woman drinking wine, infinite. It's about 40 pages of content of white women drinking wine. It's, it's, it's baffling. Why? Because they don't understand our culture and aren't talking to us. So I could never, just based on that alone, I could never sell it because I know from the inception, what I set out to do is genuine and will make a difference. Yeah, you talked a lot there about like branding. Like if you, you know, if you Google unprofessional hair, you know, black women. Oh yeah, yes. You know, stuff like that. And um, that, that, all of that is really annoying. The fact that for centuries, they don't mind taking our dollars, but they don't do any work to earn those dollars. Yes, yes, yes. So fuck that. I'm just gonna say that. and so I, I hear totally what you're saying. And, and to go back to Victoria's Secret too, you own, the ownership is also owning the brand and the imagery and all of that, which representation truly, truly matters for black people because we don't have time to get into colorism yeah. and how we were told we're ugly and uh, Sarah Bartman. Drink. We don't have the time. Well, That's another My show. grandmother still says when she was younger, she couldn't drink coffee because she was told to make her black. You know what I mean? Just oh, you know what I mean? Ooh. This this oh, that's like that's a very vintage, vintage level of racism yeah. there. That's like yeah, that's old. School. And you're carrying that. So, you know, you carry that and you pass that on to your kids, and it's 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 crazy. But as you were, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but yeah, you have you're born with the PTSD of like now you gotta like learn self-esteem, you gotta learn how to love yourself, mm-hmm. you gotta learn how to sell yourself mm-hmm. to people who are constantly telling you you're inadequate and ugly mm-hmm. and the whole nine. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it, it's just it's just a struggle and it's, it's very exhausting. I, I totally get, that's why I wanted to talk to you because I'm like, oh, you're trying to enter that space? Mm-hmm. I know that space. I've heard some of the most, at wine tasting, some of the most racist things and I was quiet mm-hmm. because I was out with ordinary white men mm-hmm. there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not true. Mm-hmm that's not true mm-hmm. so what you and Erin and Devin are doing is, is is really 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 great we really appreciate it and the thing with Victoria's Secret too when we talk about branding every woman wears underwear yeah. like we all gotta wear our dress yeah, right yeah. and every woman is wearing a bra but when they would have the Victoria's Secret runway show 
it be come on now very unrealistic come on now white, now, skinny, now we're getting to anorexic, it anorexic tall white now women, we're getting to it every single time now. every single time at other brands meanwhile while victoria's secret was staying in the old days yes. um other brands were building like third love and evelyn and bobby were building lingerie brands that were inclusive yes. and body positive yes. and so um there was a moment where they could even have had a, a transgender yes. uh model for victoria's secret but they declined that they were like no that's not our image that's not our image now you have no image so, now your stores are closed. so that's so so yep. so now you're you are literally speaking to to the the the, the core of the vision which is when you drink wine, let's say you come home, you want to unwind. You probably just unsnapped your bra, kicked off your shoes, and you are at home enjoying a glass of wine. You're not, in, I mean, you might want to dress up and you might want to be in a tux. That might be something, but that is not the normal way that we drink wine and it's not relatable. And so when you look at the, these brand pages, it's nothing but petite white women drinking wine and that's that brand's image what i am setting out to do is to cover the entire spectrum uh, of women uh, black women multicultural women and be inclusive from the jump it's not a pivot you see what i'm saying i'm, I'm not i'm not trying to do something and react to it i am proactively setting setting the floor and brand from jump uh to mirror things that are closer to your actual lifestyle um and that's why i think it's it, it's special for sure right for them to just not even include the full spectrum of women like you said that's why the doors are closing now because you're you no longer have a monopoly on underwear right or or undergarments there are so many other places how much money is has fenty made it's incredible Black women have been begging for makeup to match their skin tone. Come on. Begging, begging, begging. And they've just been forcing us to buy two or three and mix them when they could just freely corner the market. Finally, Rihanna does it. And now you have all these extra colors with Bobby Brown and what have you. And she made 75 million in the first month with Fenty. Yeah, I would love to. So the money is there. The market is there. It's just straight out old school racism. It's like, we don't want to make nude stockings that match your skin or band-aids that match your skin. We don't care about you. And that's even the broader spectrum of Black Lives Matter. Uh Like, our dollars matter. Yes. Our choice matters. Our taste matters. Our skin tone matters. Yes. But then you also have to challenge, you have to challenge us too, though in doing your research and entering a market, whatever that market is, and producing the best that you possibly can. Because- Hey, speak on that. Because that because... is another issue that I have internally. That, that ain't like a, that, that's a, I don't price gouge. Yes, I want to circulate this dollar, but I also understand what I should be getting in return for this dollar. One thing you asked about me, um, my friends will, offer to give me things for free all the time. And I will I will pay. I will find a way to pay. If you won't take my cash right now, I'll send you a Venmo because I definitely believe in supporting artistry, supporting entrepreneurs. But I do have an issue when I notice something is being gouged and you can't hold someone accountable 
or the product quality or the customer lack thereof of customer service. Um, that is what I would also also want to see us do is be able to build sound businesses, take criticism, um, and also give it in in palatable manners. Every critique isn't a bad one. If you were to call me and say, "Hey, Terrence, I want to try this and that," I, hey, that is your opinion, and I will take it. But I'm not going to burn it down. <laughs> like I'm not going to challenge. I'm not going to challenge you on that on your opinion. I think you you have the right to feel that way. But it's very it's very interesting. yeah. yeah. I, I just want to make it clear to you, even with the audience. It's like usually when people speak on black owned or they want this what you call what oh we call support God. sometimes it's called sometimes support is charity <laughs> sometimes we're supporting because we are black and I think sure. we should get away from that too yeah. I think we should be spending our do- dollars with products we actually yes. love we actually love Carol's daughter yeah. they actually work on our yes. hair we weren't like throwing cash at her to support her in a in a charitable way no, no, no. and we need to get away from the charity like I don't like this t-shirt but because you black I'm a lookout no, 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 no. we need to kind of redefine that as well I mean it doesn't mean less than it doesn't mean lower quality no, no, no. that's not what the vibe black means that's not it shouldn't no. mean that it should not it should not and because we've also raised that bar as well right there are a number of black does fashion designers is I'm pretty sure you know well well more than I do but when I do catch up on it um like Pierre Moss because I tended to like more urban labels so it was a Telfar or Telfair um yeah you up to you up you today know, I mean I, Pierre Moss and Telfar I mean Telfar just had a they had a huge uh partnership with the Gap mm-hmm. and that's where this Kanye thing came from so so it just kind of fell apart the Gap is a mess internally this I know for a fact mm-hmm. And tell far they walked away from it because it was just too much. Mm-hmm. It was a headache. Mm-hmm. The way they were trying to control it, and then that's where that Kanye deal came from. Mm-hmm. But Kanye has made deals before and hasn't followed followed through. For so sure. ten years sounds like true commitment. And I, you know, Damon John asked the right question. Like, will he be on the board of the Gap? Yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, you 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 know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's um. I definitely would love to, you know, have another conversation just around private labeling in general, in mass, and how a lot of our favorite products really are private labeled. You know, it's it's you're not necessarily buying from the manufacturer, and a lot of people think they are. You know, it, and there's a it's an easy it is an easy business to get into once you've done your research. And you know that whatever it is, service or product that you're providing is of either high demand or value or the properties that you're going to add to it are going to have a lasting impact, right? When you think about brands like Pierre Moss and Telfair, it's not that designer bags weren't a thing or there's a shortage of them, but I would rather take my money and shop there than Louis Vuitton. Now, my wife has both, but that's not the point. The point is, if I see someone, another Black entrepreneur who is built on principles of quality, like you talked about, I'm going to shop there. 
hundred percent. It, it is yeah, no longer no, true. Yeah. Yeah, it's no more of that. And and also too, I just want the audience to understand too that the job market has not even always been welcoming oh, wow. to black people to this day. So we sometimes even get pushed into entrepreneurship because we just cannot either get the job we want or get promoted to a level or we hit that glass ceiling and we get very, very frustrated. Yes. And then we start to get innovative and creative and like, you know what? Screw your job, screw your company. I'm gonna do my own thing. Yes. I'm gonna start my own business. And so a lot of black people have just be, become entrepreneurs out of necessity. When you when you look at the numbers of the jobless, forty what forty five million un-Americans currently unemployed right now, uh, and I think the number of Black folks was close to like forty percent. Right, so we are routinely, uh, you know, marginalized and and dismissed when. Uh, tragedy hits America, we're probably the first ones to be let go. And so when you are forced to become creative to survive, and if out of your survival, you create a business that allows you to thrive, blessing, infinite blessing. But it's unfortunate that it has to come from survival and not just opportunity. Yep, it's just a lack of opportunity. I mean, last hired, first fired, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's been a model in the Black community for over a century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's terrible that you have to grow up. You, you go to school, it's a meritocracy, right? It's based on merit. Mm-hmm. You enter the job force, you realize it's, it's all politics. Mm-hmm. And they don't really teach you how to best navigate that, especially Black kids in college. You know, to this day, they still, they still don't give you the proper training. But I, I love that this is your baby you're going to hold on to it for a long time and I can understand why you did it and and why you like it and I'm super into it but I want to hear a little bit about this process of one year of research and what Mm. you and Aaron and Devin went through what don't you like about the wine business (laughs) all right so keeping it all the way fucking real I hate I hate hate the bureaucracy of the politics when it comes to shipping wine and I hate the um, I hate the laws surrounding it so up until I want to say early this year unless you were on the premises of a winery that winery could not ship you wine right so if you were at home let's say you came home from Chicago and you're like hey girl I absolutely love blase blase winery I'm going to get you a couple bottles. You go to their website, can't do it. Because Illinois says we don't allow shipments from outside wine to to uh, our residents, right? Um, and so that, that is also a reason why a lot of wineries aren't able to uh, successfully navigate e-commerce. Because for so long, they were just like, hey, we don't even want to touch it. Not only is it super expensive to send you one bottle of wine, um, there's so many taxes and fees associated with it. So from an e-commerce brand, because that's where we're at, the, the reason a lot of people turn away from it, from the business side, is because they don't have the right relationships with distributors, suppliers, and wineries to say, hey, we all have to work together. Um, get on the same page from fulfillment 
So from actually bottling the wine, labeling the wine, packing and shipping the wine, um, to getting it to someone's doorstep, all of that um, makes a break an e-commerce brand. And then you start to get into variety. So the other piece of this is, I know by the end of the year, I need to release another variety. And by the beginning of next year, I need to have another variety. Um, and I need to keep pumping out to ultimately get up to a wine club because this the whole name of this game is volume. And so if you stop having volume, it, it literally falls flat on its face, right? So my number one issue, if you're talking about an e-commerce brand, would be yeah. the tax that states put on it for you to experience wine from other states or you to experience wine globally, right? So it's, it's a lot easier for you to just walk into a store and buy it. But if I'm a retailer and I want to, I want to, I want to expose my wine. Why can't I bring awareness to my wine? Well, they're just outdated laws and everybody wants a piece of that transaction. Um, A little bit of that I know about, I think that's why people will get like, I think it's called Pacific Wines in Chicago to kind of do a lot of that work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're given a little bit of piece of the pie away mm-hmm. and we don't want to do that. Um, I was a little annoyed when I wanted to send an Uncle Nearest. I know I'll tell you about my process. Mm-hmm. Just from a consumer side, for instance, getting the Uncle Nearest for my brother. Mm-hmm. I tried to order the Uncle Nearest directly from Uncle Nearest because I know they're going to get that, that dough. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it. They were sold out. And then their, you know, BevMo carried it. A couple people carried it. And so I essentially had to buy it from um, a white liquor store. And then I used Grizzly, which is a white-owned app, mm-hmm. to deliver it to my mother for his birthday. Mm-hmm. So that's like two change of hands that I did not want to happen. Yep. You know, and so that was annoying to me about being a consumer and, and maybe it's a poor plan most people don't plan most people are used to amazon they got prime they get it in two days we're living where the attention attention span is so low people don't have the patience right they want it like yesterday yeah. and so um how I, I you're a month old and you already are doing incredible things will you work with let's say like a white owned app like drizzly mm-hmm. or do you want it, you know, in white owned liquor stores? I know we're all about like infusing the, the community. Yeah. Um, but where are you going to work, you know, with non-black communities? So I I absolutely would work with non-black communities. I don't I don't I don't never I never wanted to exclude. I don't the brand isn't uh-huh. about exclusion. It is about inclusion. Right. And all that we're saying from the jump is this is who our demographic uh, our imagery is in mind. If you love great wine, it's for you. All, all, all I'm seeking to do on a marketing level is uh, exercise my creative right to use models like yourself in the imagery, to use right. models like yourself to do storytelling, because that's all I see on the other side. Do you get what I'm what I'm saying? So how could you possibly connect? with a a hundred year old winery that since its inception was not thinking about you yes they make great wine we make great wine too only difference is we from our inception um 
were targeting you as a consumer, had you in mind as a consumer, cared about your your experience as a consumer and produced with you in mind. But it is open for anybody with an open glass to, to, to drink from. And so if we got an opportunity to, to scale, one, I want to scale um, appropriately. I don't want to get too big, too fast. I want to, like I was saying earlier, remain, um, I want to remain intimate. You know, I want you to discover this wine in your favorite, your favorite place. Maybe a couple restaurants or lounges in the city. It doesn't have to be too many more than that. Because once once it's available everywhere, then it, I mean, it's, does it lose its appeal? There's something about height that, in my opinion, makes things less attractive. But, yeah, we don't want to hype it up. We don't want to nah, get a street team. No, nah, that's not what I want to do, right? <laughs> that's not what my head is at. My head is at, I want you who is, who has a, uh, 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 an experienced palate in wine and champagne, and you know what you like. So someone would come to you and say, hey, Mickey, what are you into? What are you drinking these days? For someone with a, a, an esteemed opinion to say Michael LaBelle. And see, to me, that word of mouth is far more powerful than any other paid advertisement I could do. Because people trust you more than anything that I'll put out there. But they'll trust me now because you, you said it, because you genuinely like it. They know that you have no problem saying no. They know you have no problem saying I don't like that either, right? And so that's where my head is at now. Is looking to work with voices, opinionated voices, who will boldly state they are for this one because they genuinely like it. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But perhaps it would be for right, the other. Right, wait for the other coupe. It's it, coming out later. Exactly, exactly. Just be on board with the mission. So, so yeah. Very good. Well, they're probably gonna kick us off at oh, about really? sixty minutes, an hour. Oh, so, I didn't even time went by fast. It does when you're talking about business. Um, I want to thank you for your time, and I always like to learn stuff. I'm a nerd that way, so I I even learned something that I didn't learn, and I was in the restaurant business for like six or seven years. Um, so thank you for that lesson, and we thank you for this project and I, I imagine it's going to grow dramatically and um, I even love the label I don't know if um, the guy from Parsons designed the label did yeah. he design it yes no, that's what I mean when all these pieces are coming together um, Aaron definitely designed that label he, he is our in-house designer cool alright um, well everyone please go and try a bottle um it's free shipping if you get um over three bottles mm -hmm. and i know you how to spell michael but lavelle is l-a-v-e-l-l-e lavelle mm -hmm. michael mm -hmm. Lavelle. and um i hope to have a follow-up chat in the future we will. terrence if you're up to it yeah thank you for having me as always this is uh this is super dope um, so excited to talk about the, uh, the wine and just to be on your platform in general. Um, hope to talk to you soon. Yeah. And guys, uh, follow Michael LaBelle too on Instagram. Sip yes. Michael LaBelle. Sip Michael right. LaBelle on Instagram. Uh, Michael LaBelle on, uh, Sip LaBelle on, uh, Twitter. And you can find us at www.sipmichaellabelle.com. 
cool all right well then as i always say i always end on a good note so peace and also happy birthday to our other cousin kelly happy birthday yes. kelly happy birthday and, kelly um you all have fun in chicago today i miss y'all and i hope to see you soon when uh you know post COVID 19. for sure thank you all right thank you have a good one bye-bye